Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The death of a lost boy. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And this is Ghost Town. Bobby Driscoll was a child star. And like a lot of child stars, those stars fade. Oh. Yeah. They don't grow into maturity and become super dwarf stars and burn brightly for years and years to come. Unfortunately, this one burnt out pretty quickly and pretty tragically. Mm. And Bobby Driscoll was a Disney star. So I think at least for us and and for this podcast kind of lends like and a certain strange history, you know, when you anytime you mix in Disney, which yeah. is classic and iconic, but also Disney has its own thing. Yeah. Disney, it's another, I, I think for me, like trying to pinpoint exactly what that is, that extra thing, it's like Disney has such a level of knowledge and familiarity in all of our lives. It's like another thing that you're like, oh, this familiar thing turned on its head or like the dark side of this thing that we think is so wholesome and American. Yeah. And, you know, there's sometimes there's a, a price to pay. No way. Sometimes there is, though. Yeah, no, it's not just, you know, you do this and only good things will happen mm. and nothing bad could possibly happen when you're thrust into stardom. I mean, yeah. but in the 1940s is a great time to be a child star. Oh, yeah. You're not taking advantage of it at all. all. There's no weird bad La- regulations. You can work laws. as long as you want, whenever you want. So strap in. For this one, we're going to take a little trip starting in the 1940s, but he appeared, uh, Bobby Driscoll appeared in Disney films, including Song of the South, which is oh, yeah. a little, there's a little bit of controversy, con- very sure, controversial, yeah. but it is a fact of, of this episode. So Dear to My Heart, Treasure Island, and Melody Time. I'm sure I've seen Treasure Island. Um Melody time, not so sure. He also voiced Goofy Jr. Oh. in two animated shorts. It's a pretty iconic. Mm-hmm. And those two shorts were Fathers Are People and Fathers Lion. Mm. His last role for Disney is what really put him on the map. 
And it was the voice of Peter Pan for the 1953 animated film of the same name. And he actually won, technically won an Oscar, a juvenile Oscar. Whoa. A juvie? A juvie-o? <laughs> for his roles in the film So Dear to My Heart and The Window. Mm. So pretty successful. Wow. And like many young stars, it doesn't last. Yeah, I think especially when your currency is being like a cute Disney star too. Like we see that all the time now, honestly, when we like talk about the like the Sprouse brothers who are in a good shape, you know, for the most part, like they're still working and stuff, but or you see them get into things or whatever. Like I can't I I would imagine this happening in the 50s being a Disney star then it being like we said like 40 fold. And I mean, look, Ryan Gosling, whatever happened to him? He was mm. a, you know, he was a a Disney person wasn't he yeah he was in the mickey mouse club with like mickey mouse club, christina yeah. aguilera yeah. and britney spears um i forget who else was in it with them but they were more there and were more. some of them are, are doing better than others yeah. i will say that ryan gosling though you know doing all right what i i used to see him all the time at black cat which is this bar when we used to go to bars remember that um down on sunset and he was as hot as you have seen on the films yeah and i've seen him on the films you've seen and him on the films hot. yeah he's <laughs> you know you get older your voice changes you look different Ugh. even at the height of where he plays peter pan he was dropped by disney that's crazy yeah and it's they're like let's get mary martin in here like what they what was the plan you know well you ever hear howard hughes yeah i've heard of him and his fingernails and Urine chambers is maybe pre that, but on the yeah, cusp when he was of like that. handsome when he looked like in my mind Leonardo DiCaprio in, in the, the aviator. aviator. Okay, yeah. So according to Hollywood biographer Mark Elliott, mm -hmm. when Howard Hughes bought RKO, he in effect became the owner of Disney Studios. He controlled the money and he hated Bobby Driscoll. Whoa, he hated Hollywood kids. <laughs> he thought they were precocious, weren't real. And incredibly annoying. He didn't want Bobby Driscoll to be with Disney anymore. Whoa. I mean, Interesting business to be in, though, when you're yeah. like, I hate kids. Yeah. What do you want, a bunch of, like, 58-year-olds to Well, exactly. Read? That's the thing. I'm like, what is the – like, I, I, get, I think he makes some fair point. Like, yeah, I'm sure, like, you know, like, stage kids are annoying. I've been around them. It is annoying. But, like – as opposed to, yeah, what are you going to get? Some like old voice actor? Well, it's like the, it's going to be the great grandparent trap. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. I like that. Well, let's run with it. I, I'm giving that the green, the green light. <laughs> Somebody get out your checkbook because mm -hmm. we want to make that. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't help, especially when it's not even, you know, oh, you're in a couple of flops or there's no way to find you. It's like you're really at the height. This is where, you know, the really the pivoting should be happening to, have you more front and center and then you mm -hmm. get dropped. And this, you know, when studios would kind of own contracts mm -hmm. and like kind of that old Hollywood thing, you were like, you were with Disney, you're with RKO or yeah. you're with Paramount or whatever the case may be. So it wasn't just like, well, I'll just go audition for something else and mm -hmm. just really didn't work like that. So he found some acting work post Disney, um, but he also found heroin. Ooh, oof. During yeah. high school. So he, had, he went back to high school in, in this kind of normal world. How? That, that's awful. And it was probably tough for him because 
you know, there's people that are like, oh, well, 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 look who's back. Yeah. Or, and, you know, you don't know what if he had, a, you know, a chip on his shoulder, but it had to be pretty, pretty tough because it doesn't prepare you. No, but let's say everything goes well and you're a child star and you stop being a child star and you're pretty well adjusted and you're like, whatever. And then you go to a high school. Which is tough normal, in general, even if yeah, you're. Yeah, even if you're not. But like, even let's say child star wants to be normal, go to a normal high school. There's already an adjustment period, already a socialization that you're unfamiliar with. But like, add any create, add any stress or struggle to the mix. I can't. I, that just sounds incredibly traumatic. So we found, I you know, some comfort in in drugs mm-hmm. and heroin, and he eventually he had two sons and a short lived marriage, but he also had a lot of trouble with the law. Mm-hmm. So he was, you know, he had he had trouble, and yeah. and, and that's just a. The road he went down, he was sentenced in 1961. He was remanded to the Narcotic Rehabilitation Center of the California Institute for Men in Chino, mm. California, because his dr- drug addiction was so problematic and just run-ins with the law. And yeah. they were like, this is your, you know, this is hopefully will help and this is your sentence. And then after that, finding acting work, forget about it. Yeah. Especially, like, what year was this anyway? It's the early like, 60s. So yeah. it's, it's, like, where... It's not even, like, like late 60s were, like, again, a little bit more culturally forgivable. Like, you're a child star. You have had drug problems. You're incarcerated. Like, who... It's, like, great. Enjoy yourself. Maybe find a new line of work. He did briefly find a home in a community in New York City with a little collective oh, group no. I like to call the factory. Oh no. From Andy Warhol. Oh. So the world of the avant-garde. I thought you were gonna say something like Heaven's Gate. And I was like, oh boy. No, no. This is much cooler. Yeah. Um but also probably not good for a guy trying to rehab himself. But he, you know, he kind of, for a time, found his people. Mm. And his last role was actually in a short film produced by Andy Warhol. Oh. It was called Dirt, and he played a nun. And it is odd. I have watched <laughs> it. And I, listen, I'm very interested in that time period. Yeah. In New York City. Uh, I love pop Art, you know, I mm-hmm. really love that Andy Warhol pop art. I really, sure. I just find that whole thing compelling, and you know, it's it's things like this that I'm sure opened up, you know, uh, Basquiat, right? Yeah, for sure. There? Yeah, Basquiat, and, and even a, a lot of art, and yeah, and, that time is really interesting, and just like uh, form, like making community art and communal yes. art, and like obviously Andy Warhol is not a, a non problematic figure, and I think. You know, a lot of people have mixed feelings about him. But actually, um, if you've ever read the Edie Sedgwick biography, it is incredible. Because her, think, was it she was involved or was it her mother? Yeah, she was. I'm thinking of Kira Sedgwick. So yeah, Edie was her mother. Yeah, she's related to. No, Are there like cousins? They're, they're like cousins. Cousins, okay. Um, but yeah, very well-connected debutante uh, who was in the factory, like kind of a factory star um, for a long time. And she also had problems with drugs. Um, the Velvet Underground. Was yeah, absolutely. Nico. And- um, I mean, everyone at that time in New York, like such an interesting time. And she, and maybe that's why this name sounds familiar because uh, I believe she was in that film maybe um, or something 
around like very close to that time where they were all just kind of like struggling to make interesting art and and yeah like all of these like lives of these different people it's it's pretty incredible and i say i watched it and it is it's a short film and Mm -hmm. it there's not like really dialogue Mm -hmm. it's random nudity and like jump cuts and nudity (laughs) yeah it's a real i mean it's a it's Mm avant-garde to the nth degree Mm -hmm. so on march 30th 1968 two boys were playing in an abandoned east village apartment oh god and found bobby driscoll dead on a cot in one of the rooms and all he had were two beer bottles and some scattered religious pamphlets really sad like really horribly sad yeah just imagine being you know Two kids probably, play, you know, obviously pretty dangerous is just like yeah. exposed wire. And, yeah, you know. maybe don't let your kids play in a warehouse if you can help it. And just finding, just dying, I'm assuming, alone. Yeah. Of, you know, alcohol. Yeah. It was like an alcohol-based, yeah, like uh, you know, hardening of the arteries and stuff like that. But just, just the drug abuse and alcohol all the abuse really caught up and he was you know pretty Ugh. you know pretty young was he? He was like 31 oh my god so pretty young. but you know when you start in high school and you probably you know relatively for the most part probably go pretty hard yeah and no one's really telling you not to and you like you know i i, I can't speak for what happened but it's like mm-hmm. you know you f- find your you find your people but then you know then you're just you're just kind of living on the street which is sad and yeah What's even sadder is his mother was, you know, they were estranged and his father died. So she's like, I want to connect with him and kind of let him know, uh, you know, and of course, when they found him, they had no ID. They had no way to identify him. So in 1969, just a year after his mother was hoping to connect and she actually, with the help of Disney, trying to track him down via the NYPD and they did a fingerprint match and mm. they found him because he was buried on Hart Island, hmm. which is po- Potter's Field, which is oh, in, yeah. in uh, the Bronx. Yeah. So it is just where, you know, you don't know who these people are, mm-hmm. you know, Hart Island, Potter's Field is very interesting because they had recently, it's, Closed it off, and then they recently opened it mm-hmm. again, and the public didn't even know about his death until 1972, when it was made known by reporters in conjunction with Song of the South being re-released in theaters. So, super tragic, super mm-hmm. sad. Uh, yeah, a, a really, a really, a, a tough story and an interesting yeah. road that he went down. Absolutely, because you know, I, I mean, I don't know how often I would go watch. Be something Disney from the fifties, but mm-hmm. I imagine people do because Disney is so yeah, iconic. Exactly the repertoire of Disney and with Disney Plus too. Like, I don't know exactly what's on there, but like, yeah, like people like Hamilton. Billy Drixel. Hamilton is definitely on there. Yes, I. That's the only thing I've watched. I know everyone talked about the Mandalorian for a while. That's neither here nor there. But yeah, his his work lives on. Like it is still beloved part of the Disney repertoire. Yeah. That's really sad. And also when you start as a child actor like think about when you get your first job like maybe like 
13, like, you know, you, you get your first job or you start earning money at a certain point in your life. And it's usually like, you know, you're, you're, you're a teenager or like a tween or something. And you start like slowly working. But when you're a, a kid who's like making this living, whose parents are like relying, you know. And everyone's like, telling you how great you are. And- yeah. You don't have a sense of self yet. Like it's, it's very, it's a very delicate place to be. My first job was a place called Ponderosa Steakhouse. Uh, I know Ponderosa. You know Ponderosa? Okay. Oh, and yeah. I was 14. Mm-hmm. And it, what I liked about it is it made me remember my social security number because that's how you had to punch <laughs> in. And so that's how I easily remembered my social security number at a very young age because I found it very helpful. But I remember one time it was like, you know, I had like a buffet type salad. Yes. It was like a sizzler type Yeah, thing. yeah. It's very yeah. sizzler-esque. And I remember somebody dumped a whole th- – like it was like a – a bunch of rice on the floor or something uh-huh. like that. And they literally just took their hand and scooped it back <laughs> in and then just put it. And I remember seeing that and oh. never, ever forgetting that. No. And it's. That's a very vivid. That's a powerful image. Yeah. I could really go for a Ponderosa yes. steak right now. Oof. Hey, Ghost Town listeners. I'm Peyton Moreland. And I'm Garrett Moreland. And this is Murder With My Husband, a true crime podcast. We bring you a unique perspective on true crime podcasting because I absolutely love it. And I hate it. I cannot comprehend the fascination with true crime. Listen as I venture into the darkest crimes by telling a different true crime story each week to get Garrett's reaction and discuss how we see each of the morbid details differently. Two point of views, one true crime podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen. I love it. And I hate it. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.